So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This is Match Bailey alongside with the fan in crime, Rick Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. And um, today's a new day, boy. Yeah. Uh, today's a new day <laughs> indeed. Um, Trump. It's such a 2020 week. Back and forth. It, it, yeah. it was, it was. Um, I mean from last saturday um even though we didn't really record the following sunday with um sean connery's passing you know just right. one this question that quickly um and then of course with this race in terms of who is going to win after elections right. um yeah literally i think it was like what three four days i think it was about roughly three days that we had to wait for the for the actual um results right the actual verdict and yeah um that's surprising to me actually uh yeah joe biden won he is now the 46th yeah. president of the United States, so round of right, applause right. for that. And yeah, yeah um, so no, <laughs> well, technically no more, no more Donald Trump though. And um, it's just the reactions to that I was taking in yesterday at the time I was recording here. That would be Saturday uh, when the announcement was made. You know what I mean? Just um, people just went out in the streets, just celebrating. You know what I mean? Um, I, I actually read up online that um. That YG and Nipsey Hussle's FTT song, aka Fuck Donald Trump from 2016, <laughs> right. actually skyrocketed up in the in the um in the charts, uh, well, the bill, um, right. the billboards, well, streaming um charts. Now. I'm like, well, what? As we talk about that, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think, uh, like, go on. No, yeah, it was, it was just well to me. It was just annoying how it got to the point where they had to like do this insanely long count. I know, you know, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, God, yeah. shit, whatever. Because I thought it, it should have sorted out by Tuesday. And, uh, you know, it, it, sadly, it showed how shockingly weak Biden was, or weaker than he should have uh, going up. Because to me, if it was if it was anybody else serious, it would have uh, sorted out by now. And probably have more electoral thing. But whatever, that is counterfactuality. Um, yeah, yeah. What did the big highlight for me? Well, two things. Two things I'll mention. Uh, yeah. Uh, big highlight for me this week was the memes dread. Wow. Some of wow. the best goddamn memes i've seen on the online really really funny stuff uh and, and mostly, they're still, they're still being pumped out right now yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. i was some, up with, uh, some, just some, like about a while but um i go yeah, and yeah. i'm just seeing more of them being being um being no, exported <laughs> so to speak. yeah no, no, some some true classics it's true true classics hardware crack it up dread um i mean just across the board with, with the memes dread that's so good uh biden biden uh, anti-trump memes biden memes various state memes about mm. which, which state that didn't count up yet, like before the funniest was somebody anti Nevada memes was funny. So they had what um with this Nevada count and then they, they show Nevada they, they show GR um GR Martin under. Um <laughs> uh it had, I mean it has some truly classic one. Uh with this is Nevada still on Namek. Um mm. yeah it has across the board it has had so many good memes. Uh, some yeah. really really real classics. I I, I should have I should have nice to remember remember them for the for this. Um, yeah, you know, you know come to think of it, so we we actually like I don't know, it maybe might be a spin-off. Who knows? Probably not. You know, we should actually have like a then again, Auntie Fantano of the Neil Drop did that same thing, like a sort of a meme review kind of thing. You know? Well, I mean, it's, it's a meme. You know, so it's already review memes. I mean, you already have True. the meme. But, True. I mean, so I yeah. forget the name of the website, but it have know your meme. I think which was already kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now nah, I I it is just that so many so many goddamn funny memes. One of my favorites is with Georgia, I think. With this Georgia and Pennsylvania, they show bad boys too. That clip where Will Smith and them come out to the, the clan robes. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Bl- um, blue phone, <laughs> motherfuckers, right? Right, right. That's pretty funny. Mm. Have, oh, the, the count. 
people used to look out for me. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. Um, and there's one where they took a um a screenshot from uh, Hidden Figures with um right. Octavia Spencer, you right. know, the charge that you know, remember that scene with all the women just um across. Like, right. yeah, we're gonna help we're gonna help you count. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean That's it was right. really really hilarious, really, really hilarious. Mm. Um anyway, the the thing is, well, the the last vestiges of Trump's attempt might might be you wanna uh, re- get recounts or something along the lines of some kind of legal um chickenry but i find it it's such it's so badly it's so extreme like biden biden beaten by the largest um popular vote ever i think is, i think it's the largest like five million votes or something like that so like yeah. recounted that uh, okay this is so um but anyway i i just ultimately i'm happy with it is like i really i really my, my attitude about it that if it wasn't for covid you know, Trump would have probably more than likely been re-elected, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. but, but again, you know, counterfactualities. And, you know, Trump just handled COVID so badly. It was it was even like, it's not being funny a while now. And it's just how absolutely ridiculous it was. And then, well, you know, the, the two, right, as I say, oh, the second thing to take away from the whole thing is um, I straight up think, think that they're going to have Steve Rogers as president for the MCU, right? Like, they're going to bring back him as old man Rogers. They're going to bring back Chris Evans as old man Rogers to be president, right? Because hmm. he's kind of... Old man Rogers is kind of look like Biden a little bit, right? I mean, am I the only one who's seen that? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I've seen that. <laughs> I would be surprised because, you know, the MC just like to do these little little culture things that were soft in as parallel the real world. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 just, mean, by, I know it's, it's, the, it's the MC, right? They could technically do whatever they want in terms of world building right or right. parallels uh, to the real world right yeah you know what i mean yeah. so um uh, but if they don't do that um well um i mean well i'm not versing all things captain america so i don't know if they ever had an arc concerning steve rogers being the um potus i don't know but you know maybe they might actually yeah. put the screen you know so yeah that, that's a possibility there but right. um i just want to use you know joe biden's victory as a segue now just quickly to um what I would say, I mean, this is really not seen a lot. Uh, the best episode of Saturday Night Live thus far. Um, right. and it's funny well, also yeah. too because you know it. It the, the host was Dave Chappelle, so right. it, it just mirrors perfectly what happened four years ago. You know, what I mean, right. it was episode six. Um, it was when um Trump won, and you know, um, I actually rewatched it actually after um um after watching this new episode here, and you know, um, just seeing how Chappelle was just like kind of like in disbelief about um trump's victory but just like okay well at least see if it could be reasonable to us black folk right but just seeing you flip side to know with this episode um well did you 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 watch it right i assume you did yes yes i did did of course it's it's Chappelle. i mean duh Chappelle. it's no like right yeah but um totally enjoyed it he he delivered a 16 minute monologue way longer than um then the one that he gave, I think it's probably twice as long as the one that he gave back in 2016, actually. Um, and what what surprised me, though, is that, yes, he went in just like four years ago. He dropped the N-word, but in this case, yeah. he probably dropped like three or four. I was like, okay, I know Lorne Michaels probably just like, you know, like, you know, like sweating bullets right now. But it's like, look, Dave Chappelle is such a cultural icon right now. And yeah, the, the yeah. timing of this couldn't even couldn't couldn't be better, right? With um with Chappelle's show all three seasons being on Netflix right now. So yeah, yeah. for so all, for all the kids who never grew up on the show like like we did, yeah, high time all to check it out. But yeah, yeah, he just went in and what I love though is that um I mean you you could 
slap the whole controversial, you know, um, moniker on him, right? You know what I mean? He has no filter. He says what he wants. You know what I mean? He takes shots at everybody. Why are you talking about white people? Why he's smoking yeah. on, on stage? There's, there's even like a few tweets, swear to God, right? Where like, how, how could they allow Dave Chappelle to, 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 to smoke on stage? No, no. Yeah. This is Dave Chappelle. Every time he comes in, he yeah, always has a he's, right? he's one of the few, he's one of the few that, yeah, he's one of the few that can really get away with that, to tell you the truth. So, uh, yeah, you know, right. Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So, um, but for the most part, I dug, I dug a majority of what he was seeing. I'm not saying that there was something, the little thing that that pissed him off entirely. It's just that because I'm not American, you know what I mean. It's not like, oh my God, how can you say this? You know what I mean? But yeah. everything he said just felt authentic. It felt. It just felt off the cuff, and that's what I love about Chappelle. Like you know, even at the beginning, he said he was nervous, but he just went in with, and not just rambling. It's just like he knew what it is he said. He knew how to flip it, make it funny, make it dark, and whatnot. And I just thoroughly enjoyed it. But I'm just really curious to see the backlash after it. Like how how much people are gonna you know react yeah. negatively to it, right? But um, yeah. any quick thoughts on just that yeah, opening monologue? Yeah, pretty good, funny, funny bit. Some good points. A little, you know, just just dry as usual and and brutal. Like you know, that Freddie Mercury point. Like Jesus. Like, I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> like, this had to but, drop. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, no, I um, I liked it a lot. Actually, it's one of the strongest points because he make a lot of great points about you know the, the nature of the situation and and what it is to in, deal with a, a, a large group of people that effectively live in bad feet, right? That is, mm-hmm. But I, I think more or less all Trump supporters, they're not bad people um, by default, but they, are, they, do, they do clearly live in bad feet, um, in my opinion, because you, you have no problem overlooking all the issues with this person to, to cater to them. Uh, but then that's kind of the, the nature. Politics is just carried way too far. That's just kind of my two cents on that. Um, right. the, the rest of the episode was pretty good. Um, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, the, well, the, the there were two skits actually that involve um Chappelle. I just right. want to introduce quickly. Um, and I love how he opens the first one scene. Well, you know, there's there's some black folk that are disenfranchised right, right now, right, they're out right, of a job, right, right, right. Yeah. and when it hits you who it is to answer yeah, mine, yeah. I was like, right. oh shit, right? Yeah. And then Uncle Ben and then right. <laughs> Chappelle himself playing the all state guy. That's what they call him, dude. That was hilarious. And all they yeah, yeah. Um, kind of punked, uh, Pete Davidson, who's playing Chocula. Right. Loved it. Right. Loved everything about it. But just the first reveal of um of Maya um as um as Andrew Mike Mother. Right. Yeah, yeah, had me in stitches though. And speaking yeah. of, of her, um, I love the intro also too. With uh, well, of course, you know her playing Kamala and you know Jim Carrey right. playing um Joe. I love how right. he spin the you know from the first East Ventura movie the the um in every game they must be a loser. Right. He, right. Yeah. her. Like yeah. when you say that um a loser like the first half of it. Yeah. I just start clapping and I was waiting for the lehoos. Then we yeah. see it, I was like, yes, this this work. I love this. I love this. I love this, right? Um the second sketch with um Chappelle though was, was hilarious. And without spoiling anything, they they uh more or less poking well, they poking for that at Trump again, but they just had the balls, like the literal balls right, to use footage of OJ Simpson. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And the white bronco. Yeah. Like my dad was watching this, eh, and like he's not the biggest fan of SNL, and he and all was just like cracking up, just like all oh, they could do this, man. 
<laughs> but it was hilarious too. Um, the other yeah. skits in between were were decent for what they were, right? Really, yeah. really dug those. Of course, Food Fighters was they they performed to do their thing. I mean, no, they had no tribe called Quest because they were there four years ago. But you know, yeah. whatever. But yeah, overall, solid episode. I I I really 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 dug the hell out of it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Any any quick any more thoughts on the episode as well? Yeah, sketches? Nothing, nothing really. Yeah, nothing really per se. I mean, it wasn't that great of a episode overall. It's just a Chappelle drop, drop, droppy, droppy wisdom, droppy truth, and that's that's what you really highlight, and that way you come to watch. Um, that was about it. Uh, yeah, not really. I, it was. I came and went from it. Good, not great. It's more well, you know, they they're celebrating, you know, the the Trump, the Trump, the Trump defeat, right? <laughs> like, yes, yes, of know? course. Yeah, I, I have a feeling they, they they're just going to 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 beat that to. Death right, until they reach to the to the Christmas yeah. um well, not yeah. finale but um you know mid season finale basically right right yeah so kind of moving away from SNL now now we had to touch on something that that just literally like the news just came literally about a about some four or five hours ago before we even met up online here um Alex Trebek man passed away yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and. Uh, I, I got this news um, this afternoon, actually, right? And, you know, just to touch on SNL one last time. I'll never forget, um, you know, where they where they poked fun at, uh, well, you know, for good reasons, of Jeopardy. Like, I'll never forget the where Will Ferrell was playing the Alex Trebek character. Yeah. And, you know, it was just like a bunch of contestants yeah. who didn't know anything. One of them being Michael Keaton. Well, not the real Michael Keaton, right? But right. just an actor. And, no, you know, right. like, it's, it's, yeah, it's a party yeah, I'm Batman. It's like no, you no, yeah. It's a it's a <laughs> like, party of it's a party of celebrity Jeopardy, which is noto- no- notorious for being like really dumb now. Um, yeah, right, exactly. That that's what right. it was celebrity Jeopardy. Well, that's yeah, thing. That, that's, that's a like week a... ago, yeah, uh, right. So a week ago, you had the the you know um what's his name Dan uh not Dan I was going to say Dan Harmon Daryl Harmon, uh, yes. well playing the the other other big celebrity who passed. I was uh, Sean Connery. Uh, oh yes, so yes, yes and, with and, this, and, um, in, I'm the yeah. cock of the walk. <laughs> right, that in in celebrity in um celebrity Jeopardy, the running there's a running gag of the two of them having a somewhat like a rival real sorts for no good reason. This is not right. this is not mirroring anything in the real world, eh? but it's like it's right, just right. something that would just be kind of funny. They 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 come up with the writers' room, I feel, and yeah. they make it work. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah. So the, for the two these two celebrities, kind of memeified almost. Um, for them to come to, to come full circle now, and with the two of them passing. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's, yeah. uh, it's, 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 it's see that play, it's played itself out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the the, the thing that really like got him in terms of Alex Trebek's um passing, like like you know like months ago we you know he revealed that he was um he had um yeah. pancreatic cancer and he, right, he was yeah. just like stepping out, stepping back from Jeopardy for a while, right until right, things right. get back to normal. Um, and you know we just kind of forgot about him. We just got caught up in COVID and you know all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um. Just a little confession here. I would see his commercial. I forgot for what it is. I think it's for health insurance for some some company in the states. I can't remember what it is, but it will show that repeatedly on this um, station that my um, my mom frequents now. Um, but yeah. it's an old ad. It's like from two, three, four years ago. Ever it is right. But you know, you wouldn't think that right after the high that you got the almost euphoric high you got after hearing oh Joe Biden won. You know what I mean? And you're like, yes, okay, it's something great happened in this um in 2020. And then this thing just came out of nowhere, boom. Died at uh, Alex Trebek, dead at age 80. Like just out yeah. of the blue now, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah I, I, I kind of felt that. And just 
last thing I just want to say in terms of um, Alex Zou. Like for me, um, Jeopardy was, it still remains one of my favorite um, game shows, right? Um, I don't watch game shows that much anymore. But um, i never forget, you know, growing up um, when, you know, well, us in Trinidad will know this um, AVM Channel 4 and 16. This yeah. was one of the shows that they had on TV, right? You know, TV6 had Wheel of Fortune and Price is Right. AVM had, had Jeopardy, right? And I thought it was yeah. really cool that it was about, you know, factoids. It was about science. Yeah. It was about um, tech. It was about um, pop culture, movies, music, all that kind of stuff. And it just require you to just have all this 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 is knowledge in your brain, you know what I mean? And I just love that concept of um about that show. Of course, Alex Rebeck, you know what I mean, just killing it every time, you know what I mean? He just always had that um that that screen presence, you know what I mean? Of course the announcer, you know what I mean, Alex Rebeck, you know what I mean? Just yeah. and of course the team song. I mean, it's it's iconic, right? Even right down to the Final Jeopardy team that is just so goddamn iconic, right? Yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, this is a serious loss, though, in my opinion. Um, so I mean, TV will never be the same. I don't know where. Really untrue because um, I don't really watch game shows easy. I don't know what the direction of Jeopardy is gonna be. I don't know if right. it's gonna just end or if if they're gonna do like no, yeah, press, they, right, it, to bring it, somebody new. Right. They'll know, probably just we'll see. Yeah, they'll probably just bring somebody new. Um, as I say, I, I have a couple people who I would, but again, we was kind of like, yes, no, we kind of was speculating if Archie Beck, because we know you kind of getting up in age, so we say, okay, what will happen if he if he passes? Well, who will replace him? And we have a couple of kind of calls or thoughts since then. It, so these things, are, I would imagine, these things will be prepared for a while now. Ah, uh, yeah, um, Archie Beck is a person who's yeah, he's truly iconic in the, in the game show lot. Um, you know, Jeopardy is one of the games that really held on past years and years and years and years of of you know in, as an institution at the same host for a very long time the only yeah. other show same, say, same formula as well to it didn't have to change right they don't really have to change anything per se they probably like tweak a couple of rules over the years mostly because you had to have some exploiter or somebody who kind of undermine the game from within so you you tweak a rule or two but that's about it um yeah i think between that and i think wheel of fortune is the only two right um that really held it for what close to 50 years now or how long about that the no well if i'm not mistaken well i remember jeopardy from the 90s but this, this i may be wrong here may have been from the mid 80s perhaps you know what i mean yeah yeah with, that's, with that's what i'm saying uh, yeah. whenever well whenever vanna white became a thing right, um, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah right so that's about it and yeah it was one of these games i just had you know it just had one interesting game theory scenario in the game and then everything else everything else is factors the only time it gets interesting is when you have the daily double and in the final jeopardy how much you decide to bet. And you have to kind of do a little, little quick arithmetic in your head to throw off a person. Um, later down in the game, people really started like undermining the game. And, and I would say undermining because I, to me, that is part of it. But, you know, when they start choosing numbers in weird spaces, so you don't choose the easy one first, which pe- most people will do. Um, yeah. You randomly choose 700. You, know, you randomly choose your, your 700s or whatever it is later down. Um, but I'll say is that Jeopardy is like, yeah, it, it is one of those really cool factoid things. I'll, 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 I, I always made the argument that the internet kind of made Jeopardy kind of irrelevant. Um, oh, you know, I mean, oh, like, like Google. Wikipedia, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Wikipedia. Wikipedia, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but I about it. But anyway, uh, as I said, if, if in my head, I'll say if they were to replace Alex, I have kind of two people in my head I'll pick. Um, it, either Ken Jennings, if you know who that is, he's one of the most, probably the most winning player ever. Um, he's pretty like his his Twitter is really funny. He's a really funny guy in real life, and he would I think be 
a, a really good signature replacement for um you know for Alex being one of the, the greatest players ever, if not the greatest player ever of Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. That is the first person I'll choose. Um my second choice is a really high choice is uh Lavar Burton. Uh, ah, and, okay. You know, okay. He, he's a person I'll put pretty high up. You know, he's a person who could hold on to. You know, he, he you know, he's he have personable. He, he's kind of he's kind of the Alex Trebek for uh, the younger generation. You know, reading Rainbow and whatnot. You know, you yes. can't disappoint. Disappoint. Yeah, you know, reading Rainbow and of course, um, Jody Lafort Star Trek. Uh, but you know, you can't disappoint a picture if you get a joke. And he is a person I felt, you know, personality-wise, um, demographics-wise, you could, you could, you know, make it work in a sense. Uh, Japanese is something that just, just dear, you know, and I, I can't see them just getting rid of it because it's a show that even for millennials, myself, still have decent ratings. Um, so not to say that the ratings was dropping or anything like that, or it's showing on whatever station and therefore they'll stop watching it. But, well, it's a big shake-up, so we'll see what, what, what they'll do or if, if the show or the franchise will go on. Um, you know, this is normalcy, right? This is the age of normalcy and return to normalcy. So I can't see them just giving it up. You know, you hold on to the institution and see, see how it is. Uh, but yeah, that's just me. Um, you know, rest in peace, Alex. Wow. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, rest in peace indeed, man. Um, not even, not even <sighs> close to the middle of November in this hit, yeah, boy. But yeah. I mean, all in all, I mean, the, the, the show hopefully will live on. And um, I mean, just so much memory, so much great moments, um, you know, questions and all that kind of stuff, right? So, yeah, I mean, Alex Trebek's live, legacy will live on now. Yeah. All right. So, dumb little transition again now. So, since Alex was Canadian, let's move <laughs> to Canada for a bit. So, um, we're going to talk about a couple of sci-fi films, right? Um, I will talk about Possessor. You will talk sure. about Synchronic, right? Um, Possessor, um, I've been hearing about like um, through Indie Wired first. I think this was like the first publication I ever like talked about this show, right? Um, and you know, it's just seen as you know, it's one of the, 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 the bloodiest, most you know, effed up films of the year, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, so that that's that's just what I that that's just like the only thing that I knew about it going in, right? Um, I didn't watch any trailer for it at all. I just kind of kept it, you know, just waited for it to come out um, to come out on home media, which it did, right? Yeah. But what catch me also was the title of it now, because now they call it Possessor Uncut. So I'm like, all right, ooh, now I'm going to see all the stuff that, you know I mean, maybe they showed in the, in the film festivals and, you know, caused people to run outside with bath bags and all that stuff. Well, no, that didn't happen. But, you know, they always try to... You know, it's always with those film festivals, it was like to pick one show that just really get under people's skin and just right. call it the most, the most disturbing thing ever. You know what I mean? And, well, it's kind of funny too because the person who wrote and directed this is Brandon Cronenberg, right? Who is the son okay. of the icon himself, David Cronenberg, right? Who's, whose filmography mostly involves sick, um, disgusting and depraved stuff, but just very well taught out and you know well taught provoking films, right? I mean, right. his filmography is ridiculous. I mean, there's The Brood, there's Scanners, Videodrome, um, The Fly, Naked Lunch, um, your favorite show, um, A History of Violence. You know, we crash, right? You know, the list just goes on and on and on, right? But um, so it's like, all right, cool. Brandon is is filling in his dad's shoes you know me you want to you want to follow that tradition so here comes this really weird effed up um sci-fi film right let's see what it what how it turns out so what it's about in a nutshell right it centers on the character of tasia who is played by andrea riceborough 
I was looking at the face and I remember, oh, right, she's Mandy from the movie Mandy. Yeah. Yeah, which was a movie that I was kind of eh about at first. And after my second and third view, I was like, yeah, that's one of the best movies of 2018, in my opinion, right? Um, but yeah, basically, so what we get here, essentially, is kind of like, uh, kind of like the Matrix in a sense. But then it's kind of funny, too, because David also did a movie called Existence, which came out right. the same year yeah. as the Matrix. So it's kind of weird there, don't we? But what I mean, what I mean in terms of the Matrix is that um, she basically is a assassin, right? She's an assassin. She works for this shady corporation. We have no clue or context who the corporation is, right? And how they work is that they will basically kidnap a particular subject, right? a human subject, and they will take the consciousness of that person. Um, sorry, they will take the consciousness out of Tasia and put it into the subject itself right so the subject will move around it's tasia's consciousness basically in this other person's body and he'll pull off these these jobs these these hits right um but in this case no she is hired well she's tasked basically to target a well this basically this rich guy well he's the son of this um this wealthy billionaire who is played by sean bean of all people and the the whole catch now is because um because at the beginning of the film she was playing um she was assuming the role of a woman right but in this case she's playing a man now so it's like okay well you know this guy has a girlfriend so how does this thing work and all that kind of stuff right and what the show touches on is just well the idea of identity right what it means to be someone so in this case you know someone's brain and someone else's body how does that work right and while all this is going on now, we, we see psychologically and visually how that uh, affects Tasia because, um, yeah, with each job that she does, she becomes more and more mentally unstable, right? And it gets even worse now because the guy that she's inhibiting um, kind of picks up on what's going on now and now, well, trying to fight back psychologically. And I'll stop here, right? So just to get the good out of the way, um, I thought that in terms of the direction, I thought that um, Brandon really did a great job here um he really is like i don't want to say he's a great director but i would say dude like because his dad you know what i mean is great right you, you could see that yeah you know what i mean it runs in the family here you know what i mean so i thought that he did a great job in terms of just um directing you know what i mean and whatnot um writing you'll we'll talk about writing in a bit right but yeah he does have that same director's eye like his dad does. And, you know, I think for the most part, he has a solid future when it comes to these sort of trippy sci-fi horror hybrid kind of movies, right? Yeah, he he, he have it down. He have it down just like his dad, right? Um, in terms of the writing itself, well, if I just have one gripe at it, while the show has a very intriguing premise, though, I felt that it just had ideas that I've seen in other shows before. It shows yeah. that done it better. This idea of identity, you know what I mean? Someone's consciousness in someone else's body. I've seen these things before. So, you know, the thing with, with David's films, right, is that some things may seem kind of past the show, kind of familiar, but he will always put something kind of unique, something strange, something that he never really saw before. And kind of the only strange thing here is just the process of how this whole consciousness, you know, transfer goes and... You know what I mean? Like, like you have to kind of buy into the fact that this thing works, but 
the show doesn't go into detail to tell you how it happens or you know the side effects or all that kind of stuff. You just have to kind of assume, yes, this is how it is. This is how it works, right? And the thing is with with this story and this movie as a whole, though, is that it just kind of treats everything so super serious. So yeah. even when things get kind of absurd, which you know it happens a lot, you just say like, all right, well, I don't know whether to just kind of take it seriously or not, right? It it just kind of shows you everything you just have to just accept it right so yeah you know what i mean and then also like i say you know what i mean everything is so serious there's like little to no you know joy in it right i mean not seeing that sci-fi horrors have to be funny or campy but you know they have to be a little something in it you know what i mean to to, to kind of get interested and i right. think that's uh is reflected also to in terms of the characters themselves right how cold and distant they feel um right down to um tasia herself right well andrea's character um i i get what she's doing i i you know i mean they, they kind of set it up why she does it really but at the same time because she's so emotionally cold and distant from everyone around her it's kind of hard to really you know not so much relate to her but care for, um, for her now. so just kind of watching her do things and it's just like well okay she's doing it because she off mentally that's that's the excuse right speaking of that no um so if there's one thing about David Cronenberg's films, you know, it's it's for the most part um how he treats violence or how he treats, you know, just stuff that's graphic or disturbing, right? Here Brandon does that, but what I felt is that well, essentially, I think this is the reason why there was so much shock over this film, quote unquote, is yeah, it is brutal. It is bloody, right? But I I am watching all this stuff. I'm I'm seeing. Okay, so slight spoiler here, right? Tasia, um, because she's an assassin, right? She is given this this gun, right? So she should be using the gun to do these jobs, but instead, she would just grab, you know, something sharp or something, you know, what I mean like some sort of um knife or something like that, and she will like stab somebody or beat somebody to death. She's she's that type of person, and. And they're like, but you have a gun though. Like, like why do we use the gun? That that's you know something that a little in joke that they make in the show. Like, you right. know, you're doing all this stuff, but why it is you using your gun? It's only like one two moments in the movie. Was like, all oh, right, she she actually remembers it, right? But yeah, you know what I mean. She would just grab some sort of like iron and she would like beat someone. You know what I mean? Um, not saying that there's a lot of deaths like this, but when there is death, when they when somebody is killed. Yeah, it is in the most brutal way that you could you could imagine, right? Given the the weapon of choice, but I'm there watching all this stuff, and I'm like, all right, this is bloody, this is graphic, okay, but right. there's no point to it really outside of oh, I just want the scene to be bloody, right? There's no meaning to it really, right? Not not seeing that every scene of violence in a movie have to have meaning, right? But oh gosh, man, you have a gun, dread. like imagine it. You you see that character have a gun, right? You think okay, they're gonna pull that out, and if that that'll work, like if see the the target try to attack her, that's when she'll get physical, right? No, she just goes all physical now and just see you know fuck the gun and that's it, right? And I'm like, right. why do? I just felt like it was just gratuitous for the sake of being gratuitous. Like it just has to be bloody because it's Cronenberg, it's the name Cronenberg, so Cronenberg equals gore or graphic right. violence, right? So it's just there because. It, you know that's why right and that was a letdown for me so yeah i mean if you are someone who 
is offended or you know get gets um quickly disgusted by you know scenes like that then yeah don't don't watch this but for everybody else it'll just be like yeah that was cool nice prosthetics and shit but why you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah so that was a letdown for me and you know as as a whole though this was kind of a letdown for me um look so right before I get to read it, like I'm not saying that because Brandon is the son of David, you know what I mean? He must make these big Uber masterpieces because his daddy did that, right? And he must push the boundaries of what's acceptable on screen and, you know, push that R written hard because that's what his daddy did, you know what I mean, throughout his career. Like, no, I'm not seeing that. But if what what made David's films work do is that there was just something kind of strange and odd and unique about them, right? So all the violence aside, you know what I mean? It was just something kind of thought-provoking. Here was just an all-too-familiar premise with characters that you just kind of watch and just be like, okay, well, all right, they do that. Okay, whatever. You don't really care about any of them. And ever so often, you'll troll trippy visuals and stuff. And, well, you know what I mean? I'll give points. You know what I mean? The, the trippy visuals look cool. Like, they, they do some cool stuff. You know what I mean? If you're into that. But other than that, just nothing from it. I just couldn't take away anything from it. I just kind of watch everything like, yeah, that was cool. But, nah, this this could have been way better. Um, and it's not because of, you know, Brandon's surname. It's just... It just really could have been better taught out because they had a really great concept in their hands, but they just didn't really know what to do with it. Do with it. It's just, oh, let's throw in some blood and, you know, hopefully people will remember that, right? So, yeah, for me, rating-wise, uh, I'll give this a strong two and a half out of five. Um, see right. it if you want to. Um, people, I imagine, will talk about this at year's end and be like, this is one of the, the best horror movies of the year. And by the way, this is more sci-fi than horror but more um lo-fi sci-fi if, if if that makes any sense right you know what i mean no flashy visuals or anything like that right sorry low-tech sci-fi whatever you want to call it but um in terms of horror is just the the blood stuff right that's that's the horror in the show um that and you know the little trippy visuals here there but even those aren't anything to to get all scared shitless over anyway right but other than that for me i've seen stuff like this before i've seen stuff like this handled better uh, but I do wish, you know, um, Brandon all the best of luck with the rest of his career. I really want him to to continue making films, in the, you know, in the same way that his dad did, right? But, um, and I mean, directing-wise, he have it down. He have it down. He seems to be the type of person who could, you know, go out there and just experiment and be all adventurous with his directing. But just the writing, though, you know what I mean? Just, just, he just needs to arm that up a little bit more, right? Just give us characters that we remember, scenarios that we remember, get under our skin, but at the same time have us thinking, right? Which is what a majority of his dad's films did, right? So, yeah, um, Possessor gets a two and a half out of five for me. Not the best show in the world, not the worst one either. If you're curious, give it a look. But all this hype about it being so shocking and disturbing, uh, not really, in my opinion, unless you're just not into stuff like that at all, right? But if you're curious, yeah, give it a look. Other than that, nah, skip it. Yeah. So, all right, so, Synchronic. Never heard of it. You mentioned it to me. What is Synchronic about? Uh, so, this Synchronic is basically, uh, as well as my boy Anthony Amaki playing. Ah, yes, yes. Haven't seen him, well, since Endgame, right? Right. Well, so, well, yeah, so... um it's eh, how to describe this way. It's it's 
power that that Jamie Foxx vehicle from a Pro- project cluster. power project like, power. to be confused with Fifty Cent's power the series right right yeah so it's it, right it's project power meets slaughterhouse five right uh, huh. okay think it like <laughs> you, that you, you caught me with that one hmm. right if, if you remember what slaughterhouse five was about. It was about a guy, well, zapping through time. So that's basically yes, what the yes, story is. It's seen different um, events play out, actually. Right. Right. And they, right. So basically what happened is that the fella did the, the, the bit with, um, you know, with that. So, so it's him taking a pill and the pills allow you to travel through time and whatnot. And the analogy is that, think of it as like a record. Time is like a record. It's spinning and it is like a flat circle, but the needle moves through like a spiral if you think about it and it's like that uh-huh, little nice yeah, metaphor okay. yeah, yeah yeah i feel yeah. that mm-hmm. and basically it's him well he used a survivor of katrina he had to use um you know the the time travel to solve a problem because somebody else took the time stuff to and they disappeared and that's basically the story it's it's them going through that and i thought this was okay not great not not thing it is it's some um, surprisingly grounded filmmaking it's right. maki was quite good i felt because he he played it played it very subdued but at the same time you can understand it. like it felt like what a normal person going through this would would feel like because mm. a lot of it is more yeah because where, where it gets interesting is where it, it it throws off your actual subjectivity of time itself to pass through time so it, it does that very very well and making sense of how this does work it's not trying to be all hard science fiction because it's like well it's a pill that we can go through time and like why how whatever yeah, um, right. yeah. but um but but what, not, what question uh, right? they, they, they yeah. at least make some smidge of an effort to explain why someone will make a pill like this right right, right. so the, the creator himself have a whole backstory that does make sense kind of um but not really for me this is where it kind of falls apart when you, when you meet the guy who, who created the thing um, I don't want to spoil that, um, but it it's very it's more you know Alice looking glass stuff, right? It's it's, it's more right. that than right. some hard science about time travel or anything like that. They, they don't try. Very soft science, it works, but it works. Um, and where it becomes now interesting now is that it it gets into the details into the well, it's more the crime fiction film noir thing, right? So so Mackie's character is this um. Like a paramedic kind of person, police paramedic effectively, and so you have to sort out um, crimes and these kind of things. So his his experience, but being on the street kind of guy makes it worse. And where it goes, I like. It's not again not mind blowing, but still good, right? Again, I don't want to spoil it. You'll probably see it whenever. And yeah, that is it. Um, ratings, uh, give it a seven out of ten. Good, you know. What what you think? Listen to it's just it's just would bring it up in the discussion. It doesn't do anything mind blowing, but it, it I don't I didn't expect it to. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. Right. Um. So just out of curiosity, how did you find out about this show here? Cause like um, I yeah, didn't see yeah, trailers uh, or any articles about this. Yeah, I, I think I just I think it, it just um it just pop up somewhere and and on twitter or something like that so I, I i was hearing about it for a while i think it was it showed on in in um i think in the toronto festival as well last year like oh this finally come out all right cool all right all right yeah yeah, yeah. well i, I realized that's, that's we 
yeah, these days we find out yeah, about these shows uh, if they, if they yeah, untip or, you know. Yeah, exactly. As far as it lasts, like sometime this year, late, sometime this year, like a few months ago, and I was like, somebody like a tweet with Anthony Mackie in it about the movie. It's, it's normal, you know, about film, Twitter, scuttlebutt stuff now. So that was right. it. Uh, not really, you know, I don't have to look for it. Like, okay, and then other people like it. And it's like, ah, oh, cool. It, it's, a, it's all right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just, just curious. All right. So now we're going to move over to Netflix for a bit. Um, let's finally talk about The Queen's Gambit, which right. I've been hearing nothing but praise about since it right. um, premiered on Netflix. Um, well, actually late last month. Um, we, we, oh, in my case, I could have talked about it earlier, but, you know, had to work on that Halloween special, which I hope you guys checked out and enjoyed. But yeah, um, the Queen's Gambit is here. Um, Ricardo, if you don't mind, I want you to do the synopsis. But just sure. to begin, just before we you do it, um, I saw the trailer for this actually, and I was surprised. Hey, it's McGill and Taylor Joy. I was right. curious about this, you know, just from the word go. But what caught me were, were two things, right? One, it was about chess, which I'll, I'll make a little confession. I was, I was, I was getting into when I was when I was younger. Um, I'll never forget when I got my first um, desktop computer. I had one of those chess master um, CDs in the game, and I'll never forget. Like I was, I was good, but for some reason, the 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 AI will always kick my ass, or will always end with um. I forget what you call it. I think it's draw by three full repetition. If I got the the wording wrong, forgive me. But essentially, is where. You end up making the same. You and the, the AI basically end up making the same moves and ends in a draw, right? So there's no way right. that they could actually beat the AI. I, I should really look up some YouTube videos to see if anybody ever beat the AI. But anyway, from that moment, right, I was just like, mean, I'm good. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I I played. Well, my my dad taught me it. Uh, he used to be part of the chess club back in in Fatima. He teach me. Oh, uh, I used to play. Yeah. As a, he he used to play with, with his cousins. I used to play with my cousins. Right. Um, a good bit. Uh, I was halfway, halfway on on in terms of um, skill. I wasn't. A, I can't say I was ever great, but I was okay. It's fine. Yeah. It's one of these games that 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 I. And we will talk about that with the with the the show. But it's one of these games that never really impressed me. It's one of these things that it it's a big artifice that has been built around it. And I'll argue the context of when this book was written. Um, and the context of which this story is, because the story is entirely fictional, right? It's not yes, even based yes, on yes. anyone. Um, which, which also so, caught so, me by surprise, because um, everything that I right. saw in the trailer at first, I thought was right. Made it made it feel story. as if right. Yeah, it made yeah. it feel as if it's based on somebody. Um, they are very re- real good women of chess, and uh, another thing I'll probably bring up when when talking about this um, this this series. Uh, yeah, but just one of these games, I don't know, I, I, it's, I, again, it's because uh, it's, it's one of these games that the internet kill, and what I mean by that is, you have so many, like, games could be more subversive, like, I've always been not that impressed by chess, and my rule of thumb is, if a computer could beat me at it, it's not that good of a game, because it's it clearly <laughs> wrote, wrote hard programming kind of thing, it's, it had nothing to do with, like, cleverness and, and being thing, and being, um... Yeah, yeah. You know, right, and yeah, you have to contrive the game so much. It's you know, it's basically you know the Melina, it's it's the Melina fighting Mortal Kombat too, right? It's that. That's basically right. what chess is. It's it <laughs> yeah. just it just kind of you know seeing what you could do ahead of time, kind of bullshit because everything yeah. on the board and you know what it is. It have, it have no fog of water, speak of nothing like that. 
Um, yeah. But anyway, so that was always like the thing it, about, about chess for me, right? right. Yeah, we're going to get yeah. to the show. Don't worry, we're going to get to the show, right? Um, it was, like, I don't want to call it the illusion of, you know, um, but it always has a sense of, okay, it's all about brain power. It's all about, right. you know, just figuring out, you know, moves and seeing all these things play out, which this show here also touches on, right? So for me, I always saw chess as like this mature progression from checkers. Like, oh, checkers is right, for kids, right? right? Ah, that's what little kids just play. Now I want to play real stuff, right? So there's there's chess, right? Um, and of course, there's always like this. I don't want to call it a myth, but there's this idea that okay, well, yeah, it's all about you know using your brain, and which it right. is, right? But yeah, you, you think that you just have to be like this uber smart individual to even right. succeed in the world of chess. You know what I mean? And if you if you can't, then yeah, you're you're dumb, right? That's that's kind of the illusion, kind of like if right, you don't a know little, the, a little it, bit. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah it's one of those interesting well okay so we'll talk about this a little we'll get into this later but basically it, it is up front for what we call the culture war on two fronts one with respect okay. to gender and this is why this um thing does a good job that there's a good book yeah. on the matter called um there's a book i read a couple of years back called chess bitch um this is one of the greatest <laughs> female players. I, I love the title one of the greatest, yeah one of the greatest female players um you know ever talking about her experiences with chess and how is to kind of debunk a lot of like the culture around chess, and then right. two, well, th- what I think this book facilitates a lot is the the Cold War, right? The nature of the Cold yes. War, um, the back and forth about Soviet Russia, and then, well, you can sit us at the next time also the idea the the whole culture around well what we call basically IQ or IQ studying, right? Mm-hmm. This habit, this all we could we could predict how a person could, you know, how smart a person is because they look how well they could play chess. So we use chess as a shorthand for intelligence. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, it 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 is that. But then I really thought this, and we could now get into the show. Yeah, I thought sure, this sure. series, this show, would have really done a lot of wanking in that way, or try to make the case for that way. And it does to a certain extent, but it just focuses on just a really strong character piece, which yes, I indeed. will fully admit I did not like this starting off, mostly because of how slow it was, and how um, or should put way how slow it was and how relatively boring the the arcs were for the characters like the relationships between um well the main character bet bet Harmon, and everybody else was just not working for me like i was just not feeling her relationships at all like oh, she, oh okay. you know they tried to say well it's some kind of rivalry or something like that and they started off when she was young and blah blah blah, blah. and then it just i was like yeah but i, I, I don't know if it's the pacing or if it's if it's how the time jumping or time skipping or how the editing is but i wasn't feeling any of it and then when she meets the the top the top chess master in from Russia, that's when it picked up. Right? That's when okay, it, so the, it, it took it took a while started, for you, but yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, all right. it took a while for me. Like I, the first couple episodes was okay, but then like second, third, fourth, I was really not feeling. Fifth, I wasn't really feeling all that much. Uh, mostly because the fifth was okay when they did some stuff, and then six and seven were very good. Those last two episodes were were excellent for me. Um, yeah, that's yeah. when that's when everything picked up. I think. And why? Well, but the main thing, main reason why it works so well too is that well, the the aesthetic and, and you know the the time time um the old time stuff, right? The the sixties. Yeah, the well, the yes. production design of of the yeah show production is design very, was very yeah. very Say, very, very well done. Pro- yeah, production value, production design, set design, costumes, all of that was very very good for me. Um, uh, there wasn't that imaginative with where the camera was or anything like that, but it had a couple of okay shots. 
Um, but yeah. uh, um, well, one, one thing that, that I love do is that because this is a limited series, you don't have to worry too much about a budget because, like, okay, right. this is a one of story, so let me just spend as much money yeah. as like as they could. Yeah, right? it looked it looked it looked very expensive um, overall. Yeah. Um, and I'll say yeah, and then well, they got they got a lot of good music too. Um, oh yes, 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 some some uh, great um, some great Billboard hits from the fifties, right, right, yeah. right. And it, they made it work. I, I thought it was good. Good arcs for the characters. Who who was what? What it did like that last piece with with the, the friend from the orphanage was pretty good. And then her arc yes, involved yes, that, that moment. Actually, yeah. I'll talk about her character and, in a bit. Yeah, then that arc I felt that it did with the with well the, the kind of prevailing arc of of well what the her biological mother was about. It was never clear. It, you know, we kind of could piece together, kind of piece together what was going on, but not too clear exactly what was going on. And she herself. Do really have any wicked memory of what's going on? And I thought that was that as the backdrop for the character worked as well. Um, and overall, it, it in the end, I thought it was pretty good. Again, the last two episodes were very, very good for me. Um, but I don't know something about this. I, I, it take my while, but I think it's just the editing. It's just it didn't delineate the information the way I, I think I wanted it to. Um, only until they started pacing things ahead and and what the arc, the final arc was about with her uh, with her character. Um, it would, but again, as I said, it felt it was still still pretty good overall. I'll say um, the thing is again, the feeling that this was made five to ten years ago, it was clearly made for DJ Qualls and and Emma Stone. Um, oh God! <laughs> I it felt like yeah, like those two. This whole shit. I was like, wait, she she really really looking like Emma Stone. I don't know if it's because of the red hair they did deliberately do that, but it's like it's this was hair. meant for yeah, it was yeah. meant for Emma Stone, right? I mean, holy shit, John. But yeah, it was still this was still pretty good for me overall. Um, but yeah, yeah, give me give me a take on this. All right. So the second thing that that caught me with the trailer um, was the whole aspect of well, drugs, right? You know what I mean? I was like, what? Just drugs? What? You know what I mean? I had to see this, right? Right. And um, what I love about this show here is that yes, it it touches on it, but it's not some big, you know. PSA on drug abuse and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah, that's yeah. part of the story, but it's not the story, right? What it really is about is well, Beth Harmon, Harmon herself, it'll be played by um Annie Taylor Joy, um, more or less taking this deep rooted skill and talent in chess and paving her way through it. You know what I mean? Um yeah. and you know we the, the, the show oftentimes but they don't stress on it too much, you know we will will remind you that hey, you know what I mean, she is in this US Open or she's in Europe and you know she's like one of the few women really doing this. You know what I mean? Like um especially when she goes to Europe, I think there's um they, they, they show an, a female play, um, chess player, but she's well, not even uh, she wasn't even qualified to be in this, right? So it's, well, it's no, it's more like right. So they, they, that's a big right. So that's a big part of it's unclear why chess culture ever did that or had it like as as is. Where this why does that they they have a different they have two different tournaments or they never unite the tournaments as well. Oh, because men will outclass women every time, and that, statistically that is the case. I mean, I think the best chess player in the world today is like the hundred best player or something like that. I forget or ninety nine or something like that. Um, okay. And yeah, yeah, and again, well, the, the book chess wishes are kind of address and explain most of this. Um, and what happens is that because this documentary makes it out as if, well, she's this unprecedented genius that that unclear. Like that's what I say. It's clearly meant to be this. Like it felt, it felt like a Soviet propaganda, anti anti Soviet propaganda book. Because when I checked the background, it's like, oh, the book is rent is is written in nineteen eighty three. Um, right, right, so right. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. um, and 
but so they say you have this female player and she's like the best American player apparently. So it's like okay, but he's entirely fictional. So when but when you get into the real history, the actual best Soviet player ever by that time I think was um, still Kasparov. Right, Bobby Fischer was out by then. Mm-hmm. Um, not uh, oh, I think I know what, one of my problems with this is that because it wasn't anywhere near as exciting as previous chess outings, chess sport movies. I don't really care for this as much. Like you had Queen Akatria a few years back. And they had a player which I, I really have like not seen actually, but you talked right. about it in this um right. in this uh, right. podcast actually. Right. And then um then they had a movie that I, I, I did expect to enjoy as much as I did. That was um Porn Sacrifice. That was with um Toby Maguire's Bobby Fisher. Um Okay, have not seen that or heard of it actually. Yeah, that was that was 2014 or something. So I can't remember when exactly. But yeah, it was a while. And right. yeah, so I think because this was a lot more slow. And it didn't really have any... That that was more exciting to try to make chess as if it's this big, brilliant, genius game. But this one is just more, you know, you know, schools and, and chess is more about timing and what kind of chess you play better than what you do and whatnot. No. And this this was... um Because this was more measured and because of her character and her psychology, her psychology and psychiatry and substance abuse and all of that, that is why this this was a little different of a of a beast. I think because it was that much slower, I don't really get into it. It's only be- when they got into the last character stuff with her. Uh, that is why it worked. Um, okay. So that yeah. was about that was, that was me with that. Anyway, go ahead. I I, I understand. I, I told the other side, but um, in my case, because I wasn't compared this to any big um, you know, um, chess film, I was more looking at it as well as sports film, right? So you know what I mean? Well, it like is. Um, like, well, which chess, it is, which it is, is right? Chess is a sport, so yes. I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But you know, when it comes to sports films, like say, you know, the wrestler, or whatnot, you know, right. you always think there's some sort of or Rocky, you know, there's always some kind of level of excitement when it comes to the game itself, when exactly. it comes to right. the character, you know, rising up, you know, what I mean, not being the underdog anymore, right? And they kind of do that, but in this more slow. I was gonna say smooth, but more slow, kind of laid back, kind of vibe. You know I mean like it's not trying? You know, you're not gonna get some Bill Conti music note. That's not what they're going for. They're not gonna make this the the ultimate chess movie. You know what I mean? Like the go-to chess series, or whatever it is. It's just a character study, right? And it just yeah. involves chess. And um, as, as someone who knows, who doesn't know much about chess, I I thought that they 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 made things engaging enough not uh, engaging yeah. enough sorry not like oh my god i need to get a chess board and learn this shit as soon right. as but like exactly. there's a there's a process there's a thought process sorry, yeah. that goes into this okay 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 now i've seen it right and what i love about this show here is that like even they and all know that half of the, the, the people watching this show are not gonna remember all the moves or oh well this is right. you know the, the reference I, to what I this said, guy did back in the sixties and yeah, this I, is the book that they came out and you need to right. study that's like no um it's just oh this is how they want okay cool um it and did, this is it did, yeah yeah no, uh, I can I can I, I can be um as I say uh, that's why I enjoyed this because it, it didn't bog it on with chess chess nerdery right it didn't it didn't do that but clearly they made it they made it about the hum- the human the humanity of the intellectualization. You know, they 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 have sex lives or lack thereof. You know, their yeah, yeah. their <laughs> ego and personality or how that bounces off each other. You know, all the little small things about how they dress and talk to each other, and you know what kind of respect they should or shouldn't have with each other. A lot of it work. It's clearly a pro chess movie. Like you know, chess players are not you know pretentious assholes. You know, we actually yeah. nice to 
to each other once we, you know, amongst each other at least, right? Um, yeah, yeah. That and when you right. saw that, especially the end with the Russians, right? That, that, yes, that last yes, piece yes. With, with, with them uh, was pretty right. good, especially with that, that old guy. That was a, a nice little sequence. Yeah, that was, that was um, actually a really, really nice moment um, right. without spoiling anything, right? But just to touch yeah. on it without spoiling anything, right? Um, I love the fact that the show itself was trying not to be this pro uh capitalist you know agenda film you know what i mean so it's not uh, right. rocky four where you know right, the american right. goes to russia meets the russian and then talks about unity in the world you know what I mean? it's not that right? right and that's why i love the end here where it's like well you know what i mean yeah this thing happened but at the end of the day it's not about america against russia it's about the love the passion that we have for this thing right and in terms of that passion i love how well it's more or less emphasized and visualized um in terms of well Beth's character right um so what yeah. i really dug was who like this is not a spoiler it's actually in the trailer where she would look up at the um uh, at root at well wherever she's at yeah. she would look at the roof yeah. and she would see like this chess board yeah. like yeah. above her right and she'll see all these various um variations and whatnot to the moves and i thought that was great too but the whole drug abuse part and this is well right so one thing i, I dug also to was how yes how she got into it well it's basically pills right how that's all she got right, into so it's, pills. It, it, is not, it was not clear what she was taking but i think it was prozac i think so i forget what it was because yeah, um, which is it was, well, it was some mood in, um, inhibitor, right? I believe it right. Was. No, well, it's 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 well, fluoxetine, right? Or Prozac. Well, Prozac is is an antidepressant. All right. And yes. Yes. Right. So what what that does is that it'll 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 basically kind of give you a kind of false high. You know? It'll mm-hmm. it'll contrive a high in your body effectively, effectively creating what you call a um what you call serotonin um inhibitor. No? If it, well, okay, hang well, on, uh, not, not dopamine, right? No, 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 no. Well, it, it's not dopamine. It's one of the brain drugs, but basically, right. it's, it's it's something along those lines. But I'm not gonna get into like brain chemistry 101 right now. But the what I thought was in, interesting about it is, well, she felt as if she needed it, and they, they yes. again, and then it was pretty good. I like what they did with that. Um, but they they made it with a mix between intelligence, you know, who psychology as a child, you know, the trauma of well, what mm-hmm. happened to mother. Um, and then the, 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 the use of drugs, but because it's a green and white pill, it made me think it was Prozac. No? It's, oh, yeah, that's, okay, that's okay. the reason yeah, I thought so because that's the only pill I know that is a green and white pill, um, right? Right, right. Anyway, yeah. but that's that's but, um, about, yeah, but anyway, but yeah, I, right, I, yeah. I love well, I should say, I like how the show touched on it without being too hokey right. and too preachy, and you know what I mean, look at, right. look at how, yes, this yeah. is yeah, this is how this this is affecting your life and all that kind of stuff, right? right. That's that's not to say that you know our our um, hero doesn't make you know bad calls and mistakes right. and you know, regrets, right? There is that, right? But I love how it connects to to chess, right? To the point where it's like, okay, there are moments where literally she would take a break from you know mid play just to go to the bathroom, just to pop a pill, and just her thinking, yes. oh, this is what I need, right? Um, but then, you know, it's the last couple of episodes, actually, where things kind of come full circle. You really get where um, it, it, she, where she herself kind of understands really what, you know, her peers are telling her. You know what I mean? Ab- about, right. you know, um, you know what I mean? Ab- about not depending on those things all the time, right? Um, speaking of that, though, um, the, oh gosh, uh, Jolene, right? Who is this uh, black girl who she meets at the orphanage that she goes to, that she's sent to, actually, after after her mom's death. Um 
the actress who plays uh, Moses Ingram, I thought that she was great in this. Right. Uh, and, you know, I did not expect, slight spoiler, that she would show up near the end of the series. Though, and how her character, you know, change over time really, really worked for me. Because at first she was just like, oh, well, you know what I mean? There's these pills. And, you know, it's, she, she, you, you know, you, you kind of think she's like the person who would get bet into trouble, right? You know what I mean? Which she kind of does, right? But more like, okay, you're here, you don't know if you're going to be adopted, so you might as well make the best of it, right? But how she changes over time, though, as she gets older, really worked for me. I mean, it was it was right. quite realistic for me. I love that it's a far contrast to Beth, you know what I mean, who's grown up and, you know what I mean, she's traveling all over the world. Well, not over the world, but, you know, to Europe and going into these big, you know, competitions and meeting all these people and whatnot. So I really, really dug the contrast here. Anya Taylor-Joy herself, I thought that she, she was fun. Fantastic yeah, in this screen presence. Them eyes, though. I mean, <laughs> but not yeah. just the eyes, but just the poise, just everything yes. about it. The way how she talks, the way how she responds to things, right? So it's not, it's not snotty. It's not, co- it's not really cocky. It's kind of, you know, we they, they kind of do sit in that she is an introvert. You know, we at times, but you know, just the way how she opens up to people and is not really sure of herself at times, but how she gradually grows over time, you know what I mean, in terms of character, I really, really dug to And yeah, this is another example of, you know, just the, the, the range that she has, though. Um, okay. I, I still, on the fence of her playing Furiosa in this new Mad Max movie that could be developed, but hey, I love Mad Max Furiosa, so hey, if she could kill it, if okay. she could bring it to that, cool. But yeah, this is a great performance here. Um, this is probably one of the best performances for a TV series I've seen all year, right? But I mean, it's Anya, right? So we know that. Um, supporting cast is great as well. Um, Bill Camp. Um, I did expect to see him in this. He plays a custodian at the um, orphanage yeah. who trains her in, yeah. in, in chess. Yeah. I thought that he was great as well. Um, who else? Uh, Mariel Heller, who plays, well, right. the stepmother, actually. I thought right. she was great. The, the, the moments that she yep. was there. Um, I love her Achilles heel, basically, um, with you know well, alcohol, right? Yeah, yeah, drinking. Yeah, drinking. Just, just constantly drinking, right? Uh, <laughs> I love but, uh, the, the person who shine was well, your, your boy from um, Devil All the Time, Harry Mellon. Um, yes, yes, he was yes, pretty yes. good in this. Um, you know, but yeah, Buster, so, it, took a, uh, it took a while for, for, for me to pick up who he, who he was. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, right. His, 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 his arc works, um, but yeah. it didn't. It, it's one of those show don't tell type scenarios where he's say that you seen her the grocery but we didn't see that that and i felt we could have seen that like oh, oh yeah that that is uh, true that's true because we yeah, do have a, like sort of a montage moment with um right. with, with 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 beth you know what I mean buying clothes and buying alcohol and all that kind of stuff right. we could have seen a little grocery moment too you're right right, right. but yeah, um, i love it in terms of yeah yeah but i love it to the characters where it's like okay he's one of the the best chess players in the states right but right. still have to work at 9 to 5. He still had to go college, right? So yeah. he kind of gave up that whole chess thing like it's not a passion of his. And, well, yeah. you know what I mean? He had to, he had to, he had to, be a white, he had to work white color, right? So I, yeah. Yeah, that's something I could totally relate to where you kind of have to sacrifice something that you're real passionate about just to make ends meet, yeah. right? You know I mean, I really, really yeah. dug that. I love that the show itself really kind of shows, well, you know, it's not just, oh, well, if you're skilled in chess, you're automatic, automatically going to be so kind of um, millionaire and whatnot. It's not wrestling we talk about here, right? But anyway. But they did the whole, you can say that he could have been a, a quote-unquote chess bomb now. Um, yeah. But then, well, your boy from, your boy from Maze Runner was in it too, which I, I like. He was good too. Um, oh, wow, the guy who played Benny. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Um, who, who speaks so much? He's I, also I, from um, he's I, also from Game of Thrones as well. I was like, oh yeah, right. that, that dude. Right, right, right. As I say, well, he, you know, um, uh, he's he's what DJ Qualls would have been if it was it was five to ten years ago, right? I know, um, right? Even well, <laughs> I hear that was rocking. No, it's just, just, it was his face. It's his face, well, like this, this Qualls clearly. <laughs> Clearly, DJ calls to try to go for it. Because that's what I said. It was I say if this was this could have been made five to ten years, ten years ago. I would have been DJ calls and I'm a student instead, right? Uh, but anyway, um, I thought yeah, he so was good. Like his his, his aquatu was quite good. And then what it did yeah, at the yeah, end, yeah. I really liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really dug his character as well too. I, I love how distinct he was. Like yeah. you know, he's just he rocking this letter, um, letter, <laughs> letter set the um, letter. Yeah. Sorry, letter um, um jacket and pants and you know cowboy hat. He have a yeah, the, he have a like, Indiana Jones shit though. Man. Yeah, yeah, you know, it just works in terms of who his character is, right? Yeah, but yeah, it is. What? He's so weird and pretentious. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just the, the the back and forth they have. Well, he has with um with with Beth works as well, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. but I will admit to because I've just been talking priest, right? Yes, for its seven episode run, yeah, there are a few sluggish moments, especially yeah, in the middle, yeah. right? Um, I do understand why they did the whole. Okay, we're gonna show you where the story, where you think the story begins and then we're going to go all the way back to when she was young and then we're going to get right. to that moment eventually. But the, mo- but the time you get to that moment, is like, what, episode five? Or like, yeah, all that yeah. long way to go there, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I guess maybe it could have been just like six episodes kind of make well, it no, uniform. I, 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 don't know. I don't know. I don't know about all of that. I find, it, my thing is that they, they made they made some editing choices that I just didn't agree with. I can understand them, but I don't agree with them. So, they decided to not show certain matches, but then decided to show other matches and like i kind of get it in the sense oh of, okay so, I, I get what you mean i get what you mean yeah yeah oh like in terms of the weight of the match for the outsider this is a bigger weight but for the personality of the player it's smaller matches can make a bigger deal than other matches like it had this this moment with where he he kind of set you up where they do a, a speed chest and he cut your ass like about four times in a row and yes that little scene and that's that's a nice little sequence and he she um she get vexed now, but so those little small things matter more than losing to other things. But then they had a great moment in, in Mexico when she loses with the to the Russian for the first time now. Um, yes. his name Bor- Borov or something like that. Um, I thought uh, that was Bo- a good Borov. Borov, right? Yeah. And he he his you, know, you can see his personality and style, and he was like a super genius from since he young now. Yeah. Um, but then they had this oh, this, this Mexican. Kid. That, there's there's a great 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 little bit where. You see a little, um, you know, um, news report, you know, read black and white, showing Bogov as well, you know, as a kid, right? Yeah. And this is interview yeah. with his parents. Sorry, with his mom. I love that, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um, the, as I said, character-wise, it only gets really good at the end when, when she goes back to the orphanage and the, bat, and the, she goes back with the, what do you call it? When she goes to the basement and sees so so what the guy was doing. Yeah, um, that, that was, that was a that was a powerful she, moment. That was a yeah, very very yeah. good. Yeah, that that's yeah. where it started work. And then everybody kind of rally fishy in the end and I think I like that. Good. Yeah, but, uh, but I, I will agree to you know I mean in the middle point. Well, this is where yeah, um, where she where she started kind of self destruct even more. Um, and get you know, well where she started to open up. I should say by the same time she gets more um self-destructive as far as a drug and alcohol abuse right um yeah it, it does drag there right um but yeah you know we, in terms of the way it starts it's kind of bumpy um but then it picks up you know we, it, it has a great moment involving young bet involving her 
trying to get this job pills. That that right. that moment, that's yeah, that's that was early, I was like, okay, I need to watch this next episode coming yeah. up, right? Right. Yeah, but it does kind of lag in the middle I think, point, I right? I my problem, as I said, another problem I have with it is that it, because the, she have good relations with people, but those things didn't seem ultimately important. Like, it had this one scene with the Mexican boy, this little boy who really good at chess, and they had to come back the next day to finish the game. Now. And right. she eventually she eventually beat him, but it's, um, she, the, that didn't really, like, stick. Because it's like, oh well, the boy didn't know about America, and he just got a chess. And I, I, right, another, right. and as okay, so the joke I just make about chess, and this this way you kind of get into the aspect of chess again. It's really a celebration of chess as a game. Um, it's called chess, the Esperanto of games, right? Uh, what I mean is that it it meant to unify, but it does not mean that great of a a true communicator in terms of the world, no? because it have a whole these all these all these players kind of isolated from each other siloed if you were to so to speak because mm-hmm. they don't know nothing about the world she had to learn about the world and you know so she just keep asking questions about things that she should know and right real life right, right. yeah real life never really hit her in the same sense because she never really had to work she never really worked for she life or, or get any sort of job she make money through chess you know she kind of isolated compared to she, the friends and family and these kind of things and that's where it works in that sense because they they get into that aspect of her being possibly neurotypical you know, you know, you're not sure what's going on there, you know, as possibly autistic kind of maybe. And it still works as a character piece, but because it's not lining up for me editing wise, it wasn't working for me all that well. Anyway, I'll go and just yeah. my last point and then I'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give give the rating one time, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it eight out of ten. Um very, very good. Mostly because yeah. the, the last those last two episodes are very strong. The character work works, and then all the production value stuff is excellent. Um, as I said, the editing and some of the camera work could have used a little more imagination. It had it had one good editing sequence I liked when it was in the US the US Open. No, I want to say the US, no the chess open or the chess championship, I forget what. But it was the Ameri- to be to be the American champion. And they had this really nice little fast choppy editing sequence where the where faces and you know, she and Benny was battling each other now. Uh, oh, okay. I, I know you talk about, yeah. And then they didn't show the final match with, with, with Benny and her, and they just cut to the bar. Him cut she because she beat him now. Yeah. And that's yeah. about it. Um, um yeah, yeah. 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 But so I, I, I do I, agree with you. There, there there are some like I was I was digging for me, I was digging the editing in some scenes, like when right, they would, right. you know, like you know, when they would do like a montage or two, you know what I mean? Yeah. Usually set the music. But um sometimes I would admit, yes, yeah, sometimes you wish that like okay, at times it would cut when it needs to the right. scene. And then after, um, but sometimes it would just cut when it's like, wait, 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 see what happened next. It's right. just, yeah. And you're like, um, okay, yeah, it's yeah. just done to kind of, you know, maybe make things a little, all right, maybe not to make the editing all that predictable. I don't right, know, perhaps. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those. I, I feel as, that, as I yeah. said, as I said, as I said, it's, but it's more subjective call in terms of the edit. Like, it, it's, it's not like, oh, that is a real dumb call in terms of the edit or anything like that. It's mm. like, okay, I kind of understand why you would cut that. Like, when they, they cut the match, the, the, that last match with her and Benny, that is actually a, a smart cut from a character perspective. I, I kind of understand what they would do. It. But I mm. wanted to see the match. I wanted to see that match. They should have showed that match, in my opinion. Personally, I would have preferred that match. Um, in terms of the actual chess stuff, I would assume it's accurate because I haven't read the actual book itself. I don't know how much if the author back then knew everything about chess, but it seemed to be 
chess on this like it, it seemed to be enough chess nudity it's not like with um remember i think harry potter the first movie was just total dotishness in terms of the chess moves it's like oh this is completely amateur nonsense so how this man right, might right. beat me but that, that sequence in harry potter one where they had to play chess and it was real strippiness like oh this yeah. is not a, this is not a chess game that anybody would actually play though um how is he good at chess again um it's not that <laughs> at first, i i got i got a sense of it being reasonably workable chess game like in terms of the game stuff look uh, is is the kind of book that you don't think you don't think that they will fuck something like that up right so whatever um yeah. but as it is it was cool good special effects good visual effects good cinematography and production value overall like that again the little um the little mental simulation that she's creating ahead with the chess boards on the yeah on the roof that, cool. that, that, that cool. looks cool yeah that looks yeah. pretty cool yeah that that looks looks quite cool um character stuff i felt was I understand what the calls they make, and it has some little nice moments, but overall, a lot of it didn't work, but some of it worked really well, uh, but it doesn't tie together as well as, well as that. I totally understand why people don't like this. It, it is quite good. It was a little slow for me, but as I said, you know, as I say, 8 out of 10. So yeah, that's my last point. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm up there with you. I'm going to give this a decent, a strong 4 to 5. Um, yeah. Anya kills it in this. The, cast, the, the support of the cast is great as well. Production, value, um, cinematography, direction, Writing for the most part, but sorry, writing for the most part, musical choices, the musical score itself, yeah, yeah, I mean, top notch, right? Um, yeah. editing is a little spotty here or there, pacing is a little sluggish here or there, right. characterization, yeah, yeah. Is, you know, is isn't as you know polished as you know as completely polished as it should be. But other than that, I got I got the vibe of what what you know these uh, what what the show what the show is going for. Um and I wouldn't say that this show make me love chess, you know what I mean again, or make me right. interested in chess. But I would I could imagine lots of people you know, be seeing this and be like, yeah, 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 I can dust off the whole chessboard and try a thing, man. You know what I mean? So let's say that this is some groundbreaking show on chess. But as far as you know, a show about chess, yeah, this is one of the, the best ones yeah. I've seen in. Well, ever I should say, right? Yeah, but um, honestly, I wish that I loved the show more. But you know, it's just the the gripes that we mentioned really held it back. But this is still a solid series, um, and it's one of the the well, one of the better shows that you'll see in twenty twenty. Barna. Yeah, yeah. All right. So last things last, let me talk about the SpongeBob movie, Sponge uh, on the we- Run. I right. did not watch this. I this was the third or fourth SpongeBob movie. I'm sure this, this, this is this is a third movie, right? Okay, okay. So so yeah, this 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 gonna be for the kids, man. This gonna be for the picnic and them, right? This gonna be for the family and them. Right? Yes, it's like, <laughs> like all the, it have no kids who's watch SpongeBob anymore, right? And SpongeBob is everybody who into SpongeBob is at least 25 now, right? I mean, seriously. Well, that that's the thing because yeah. I think right now they 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 reach what season 13 or something like that, and I'm like, okay, well. People, right, so kids, kids aren't watching this, right? Because the show is yeah, designed and yeah, always because, has been designed for kids, right? So right, now SpongeBob always came after my time. Um, but but What's why? Why? Yeah. It came after I, I got into it, but why I I was into it because it always felt like a kind of workable, slightly nicer version to um, you know, rock or uh, not rock was modern life. Um, Ren and Simpy. Ren and Simpy, yeah, that that. Like, Really absurdist yeah. humor, yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's running simply, but but for a little younger, like a little younger, like it, it you know. But uh, running simply was like it had a lot of adult stuff, but then decided to dial it back, and then this dials it back even more for the younger crowd, and then say, okay, oh, we could have the same level of absurdity, but 
with thing. So it's yeah, about with, with, with colorful, with with color, right. and you know, um, likable characters and shit. Right. You know what I mean? And you have a whole, you have a whole effectively a whole generation. Well, it's effectively for Gen Zers, yeah. But the show came out in what ninety nine. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the whole whole generation of of Gen Zers who like grew up on the show. Like I didn't grow up on the show. I, I you had to go, you had to, you had to dial back about a five years for me, or even further, I would argue, um, because I was into Rocco and 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 well, Doug and Ariel Monsters or something like that. By the time this came out, I was kind of too old for it. Um, yeah, but, I think around that time it was what Powerpuff Girls and. Well, this country well, no. that works stuff that we were we were into oh, in the well, late nineties, right. right? Yeah. But I think Pop Pop Girls already came out like a good ninety five by then. I just talk about when it was officially came out. Like I, I forget when it officially aired, but I think it aired ninety nine. Um, Pop Pop Girls was ninety six, I think, or something like that, or probably even earlier. Um, but I just didn't get into it. The only thing I, I knew was um, well, the voice acting, right? Tom Kenny and Clancy, Clancy Brown was in it. So I was like, oh, Lex Luthor in this, all right, cool. Um, and that was, yeah. that was the thing. And then the movie came and went. It was kind of funny again because I, I wasn't even I wasn't even into it. Ironically, you know, like a lot of college students, a little smoke weed and um, watch watch SpongeBob. I wasn't yeah. even into it that <laughs> sense um, because it was never that funny for me. Like I get it's absurdist and I get kids might laugh at this, but it didn't have anything for me to like really laugh at. Uh, but then I I don't watch it enough to know. Um, okay. I don't, I think I only knew one person was kind of into it and saying it was kind of funny, maybe, you know, and you, you wear it on your, you know, normal college, you wear some t-shirt with that character, ironically, looking all serious or some bullshit like that, you know, normal meme shit, right? Mm. Um, so, by the time the movie came out, when did the first movie come out? 2004. Four, right. That's the only time I, I really got into this and say okay this I, I see why this kind of funny you now and i thought the movie was pretty good especially that last sequence with david hasselhoff david hasselhoff uh, yeah right never watched the second movie but i know it had like this weird like actual 3d stuff going on and, I, and then the third one is what now um i've only seen a handful of bits <laughs> of the show okay so, and then all the memes you watch now um with it you know it have a lot of like internet memes referencing spongebob because it was like the actual episode referenced this thing and then somebody will make a joke about something in the real world that they, they make a, make fun of and they'll use Spongebob as a reference point. That's it. Mm. Um, I've never gotten into Spongebob other than that. But yeah, go ahead. Alright, so my, my quick history with, with Spongebob Squarepants as a, as, a, as, a, as a franchise, right? Um, yeah. I think it was like I wasn't, like, okay, like, like when I first got cable, I jumped immediately onto Cartoon Network, right? That was my right. shit. You know, it was Pop of Gills, yeah. it was Samurai Jack. Um, Rocky, right. You know, uh, well, Dexter's Laboratory was still going on, but, you know, it, right. it was it was still going strong around that time, right? And right. then, um, for some reason, I just went to Nickelodeon. I don't think it was because of um, the show um, Avatar, right? Last Airbender. I think that came out like long after the show here, but some period in the 2000s, I just checked out. Nickelodeon, right? Just to see what they have. And right. yeah, I saw SpongeBob and I think the moment that really had me like, okay, this show is on some some next level, you know, smoke some weed type shit, right? It's a moment involving I forgot who the characters were, right? And there was a friggin' campfire dread. The yeah. bottom of the ocean. Yeah, I saw that exactly. jaw hit the floor. I was like, right. all right. If if this is the kind of humor you're going with with this, I should I should 
check this out. And I've watched a season or two. Um, Doug the really absurdist, weird, insane humor of it. Um, you know, I mean, the, the musical calls, just the weird characters and the voice acting. I really dug the voice acting. And then after I saw the, the movie, the first one movie, uh, the first movie, sorry, which, yeah, had me, in, well, I mean, I, I laughed my ass off because at the time I was like, well, it's a Spongebob movie. It kind of yeah. get where you get, right? Um, after that, I just kind of locked off of it because, you know, I got older. I mean, anime, yeah. I got back into anime, sorry, Louis, so Bleach and Naruto were, were the thing, were, were my shits back then, right? Um, yeah. I just never got back into to Spongebob. I know there was the second movie, um, Sponge Out of Water, which came out in 2015, but by then I was like, all right, I am too old for this, right? I am way too old for this. But I was just amazed at how strong this franchise kept going, right? right yes, yeah. I mean, no, I know it's part. It was a part of pop culture way before the second movie came out. But still, when that second movie came out, I was like, "Are we still doing this? People still watch a show? All right, well, okay, all right." So this third one came out now, Sponge and the Run, right? Saw so the trailer for this, wasn't really blown away by it because, but I remember at the time I was just like, "Well." I pretty much grown up. I'm, I'm done with SpongeBob. There's no need for me to watch this. Okay, so I guess there's families, there's Gen Zers who have the kids. So it's like, all right, well, watch what I used to watch back in the 2000s with my friends in college dorms smoking weed, right? Yeah, right. I mean, see what you want, but <laughs> I mean, we could carry the argument that the show is designed for 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 um for that, yeah. For, for, for yeah for people to get high to. But uh, sorry, this just the the humor is surrealist at times, and yeah, it is. <laughs> You can pretty much enjoy it, you know, inhibited, right? But whatever. Yeah. But I saw the trailer for this and I was like, all right, well, all right, we're still doing this thing. Okay, it coming out in theaters. I'm not going to see that at all. Actually, I didn't even see the first movie in theaters. I saw it in on Nickelodeon itself, right? Um, but what surprised me here, this is why I checked out the first place, is that it made its way to Netflix because right. of COVID, right? And I was like, well, you know, like I, I, I thought they would have probably like okay so i thought they would have done like what um like what scoop did like months ago right right when the right. when the um quarantine actually started right be released just on vod and you just check it out or you buy it or whatever it is right like i thought that was what they were going for with this when i see it coming out on netflix i'm like all right well okay paramount do your thing all right no, right? right. So that's that really what that really was what spurred me on to check this movie out, right? So, in an absolute nutshell, right? I'm even gonna stay long on premise because I mean, by now it's a SpongeBob movie. You don't really go into these things for for big complex premises at all, right? So what's about it's about well SpongeBob and Patrick, right? Essentially, what happens is that um, well, you know SpongeBob's. Has a pet snail by the name of Gary. You know, right. he always um, meows like a cat. Right, right you know right, that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing is, yeah. odd. I should have mentioned this before we start. Um, I know it had a big little back and forth with they went against the wishes of the creator of the show and have a whole thing with that. Um, you know, I, I, can't, I don't know the details of it, but I know they undermine, like, they went against his wishes in terms of the direction or they should have ended the show, I think, or he wanted to end the show. And well, the Claudia wanted us to make money. I ain't sure what went on there. Whatever. Oh, well, I'm not sure I, that I don't I'm not know about sure that. that relevant because I, I suspect the fan base might like, you know, be against this movie because of that or something like that. And go ahead. Well, now, now you have me intrigued, boy, because, uh, well, yeah, for those who don't know, 
um, the creator of the show, Stephen um, Hillingberg, he passed away two right. years ago, right? And they actually dedicated the movie to him at the end, which I thought was, was pretty nice. And they, they credit him. They actually have him as a executive producer and creator of, you know, this, of well, of the show, right? Yeah. So, yeah, what happens is that, well, SpongeBob's um, Sneal Gary is kidnapped by Poseidon. Um, yes, Poseidon's in this movie. I didn't even, like, I don't, Okay, so because I'm not versed in the world of Bikini Bottom, right? right. Uh, I don't know if he is a normal, a regular character, or if they okay, just so put I him think in the show just because. And he's, he's also been looking like Trident, but green skin, right? That character? Yes, 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 yes. Right. So I, I there's an episode I remember. This is one episode I do remember where SpongeBob made one burger. It was, they, had to make, they had to make burger. It was a burger competition. And SpongeBob right. made one burger that tastes great. And he made a bunch of crabby parties that, that taste terrible. That was kind of the joke. That, that sure. is a bit, you know, that it was, you know, he, if, if you remember Mondo Burger versus Good Burger, right? It's that, right? Um, that is pretty much the whole thing. That, that's, that's, where the, that's where I know the character from. I'm sure the character came back and whatever. It is. But that's the episode I know that is a big classic episode. Yeah, okay. Go okay. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. Anyway, so Poseidon. Um, kidnaps um, or should say Sneal naps Gary Gary right. sorry I saying Gary right um because Poseidon is well vain right so he essentially wants he he, he takes like the, the Sneal mucus whatever you call it the, the sorry the, the Sneal slime whatever you call it right. basically yeah. to help with his face because he has this skin blemish that he wants to remove right yeah that's that's literally what he needs it for so SpongeBob returns home um Gary is in there. He finds out what's going on. True um, Plankton, one of my favorite characters in the show, right? Okay, he's the one who kind of set things up because, once again, he's trying to get Mr. Krabs' um, uh, secret formula, right? Remember, that, that was the thing. That, that's like his... You know, like how the brain from Pinky the Brain always wants world dominance, where in this case, right. he just yeah. always wants that formula because he wants to be... He wants to have a better, you know, uh, burger joint no, than, than Krabs, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially... SpongeBob, Patrick, go on, go on this adventure here, um, driving them down to. Um, oh gosh, I forget the names. So, basically, Poseidon is at this place. Um, where is it called? Right, the Lost City of Atlantic City, right? Which is essentially <laughs> their take on Las Vegas. Yeah, it's well, it's, 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 it's Atlantic City. Atlantic City is Las Vegas. It's, uh, sorry, Atlantic City is also a big gambling place. Yes, 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 of course. Like yeah. a funny bit, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love how it's called Lost City, you know, Lost City of right. Atlantis, right? right. Um, driving them there is a robot that, um, oh gosh, that um, Sandy created, right? Right. So, named Otto, who I didn't even know till the very end was voiced by Aquafina. It's like, what? Okay. Because okay. <laughs> they, right. they distort her voice to me because it's like a robot that it's, it's really hilarious, right? But anyway, so she is driving them by, you know, car, well, driving them in a car now, to that to that place. Um, and yeah, essentially, that's what it's about. Well, wait, well, I forgot to mention too, on the way, you know, because it is a road trip show now, you know, they have to encounter some weird stuff. So one of the weird things that they, um, that they encounter is this sage, right. which has the face of Keanu Reeves himself. So, okay, so just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, w- it was in the trailer for this. Yeah. And when I saw it at first, I was like, all right, this this kind of dumb. But I know this is something that, you know, the, the, the movies have done, right? So you had David Hasselhoff in the first right. film, um, yeah. in his book, nine in the second one. 
Right, I haven't yeah. seen that film, so I don't know what he did. I think that was like the last film he did before he passed away. But okay. this one here is Keanu Reeves basically playing this wise seed. So he would talk to SpongeBob and Patrick and tell him, This is what you must do, and this is yeah. the beginning of your journey. You know what I mean? But it's Keanu doing this being himself basically. And that's that's part of the joke. And it's actually a really good joke. Um there are some there are some extras as well. Sorry, some cameos that appear. I really don't want to spoil who they are. That, okay. That's part of the, the, the joy of the film, just seeing them. But I will say a majority of them um, are in live action because, yeah, just like the just like both just like the previous films, they do incorporate some well live action into it. And I'll stop here, right? So here's the funny thing as someone, and just keeping this in mind, folks, uh, as someone who has not watched the show in a long while, Jared. I kind of enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah, I kind of for myself really enjoyed this too. Way yeah. more than, than, than I expected. Like, I just thought that, you know, even though I was I was fair towards Scoob, I remember you not really caring for it at all, right? Yeah, I, I, I hated uh, it. Yeah. yeah, well, you hated it. I was just like, well, alright, this is a new modern quote-unquote direction. You're going to go with Scoob. All right, I, 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 I kind of feel it, okay, but I didn't hate the show, right? Yeah, okay. so I thought it was going to be another scoop, right, where essentially you're taking... Well, well reason being is that I thought that they were going to take the show that, remember, haven't seen ages, and try to update it, but in the worst ways, you know what I mean, to try and make okay. it feel relevant, with, you know, by with uh, by losing the spirit of the show in the process. Right, right. Yeah, because by now it has this, what, two-decade-long running franchise dread is like did we even have to did we even have to I mean ever so often you would do things a little different but true and true it is every bit as Spongebob as you would expect it to be it still has the charm it still has the goofy humor still have the slapstick humor still have the surrealist absurdist humor as well too so yeah it, it's just like going back into this world and being like oh yeah like it's, it's almost like it never left Jen. um everybody everybody character wise is exactly how you expect him to be spongebob is still spongebob um Admittedly, he would get on my news, but you know that that that's yeah. part of the character. You know, we see it with Patrick. You know, we never saw after you get on my news. You know, we, I don't know why, but I just kind of really like the eels in this world, like you know, Mister Krabs, the Plankton, yeah. um, Squidward. There's just something about this. Their characters just make me laugh every time I see them there. So yeah, I mean, this is every bit as SpongeBob as you expect it to be. Now I'm not no SpongeBob nerd, so I can't come and say, "Well, you know, this is a far departure from what they did in the first movie, which was like right. what, sixteen years ago." Right. So yeah, I I can't see that, right? Um, and I know the whole utilization of live action isn't new to this franchise, right? But I thought like for what they did here. It worked well, right? Because it's basically this road trip. This is adventure. Ever so often, you know, they do... Well, they don't really do the acid trip thing, but they kind of hint at it in a sense sense where it's almost like a dream, but, you know, it's just all these weird characters doing stuff. But because of who's on screen, though, and because of the scenario, uh, it it works, right? Um, One scene involving this ghost town, as all of us say, um, for some people, they might find this to be some sort of... Like, where the, the, the show sort of slows down there. Just to tell this one bit, but I don't know. I was just cracking up at it 
merely because of who was on screen and what it is they were doing, yeah, I, I thought it would, yeah. but it didn't take away from the overall story, fortunately, which I was glad about. Like, uh, I was really worried that it was going to entirely be there and, and not be about the whole Atlantic City stuff. Speaking of Atlantic City, um, yeah, the, the, the moments there, once again, it's just every bit what you'd expect it to be. It's Patrick and SpongeBob in Atlanta City, they get involved in gambling, you know, mean all kind of crazy stuff, Trey. And the way how it plays out works. The song that they chose for this for well, there's a montage involving the two of them. There. Um I'm not gonna see what song it is, but it is a very late nineties throwback joint in every sense of the word. Like when they hear it though, you'll be like, Wow, like where did they dig this up from? But it works. It totally works with what's going on, right? And overall, the story itself is simple. It's the point. It actually has heart to it, which, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you kind of forget that the show has heart, right? It has yeah. emotion to it. It's not just hijinks and slapstick stuff for the sake of it. Um, you know, mainly, you know, typical SpongeBob stuff, you know, friendship, you know, mainly stuff with, um, mainly between, well, SpongeBob and Patrick and, well, SpongeBob and, um, and Gary, right? You know what I mean? So it's it's genuine, right? They even do well. They show this in the trailer as well, and it's something similar to what they did in school. Uh, they show them as kids, actually. The main characters as kids. <laughs> like I thought it was going to be all sappy. Like I have a couple of it, it's it's sappy and it's saccharine, but at the same time, because of the the humor that's underneath it, it it totally works. So and you know, it it has a really smart and strong message for you know for the picnic and them you know what I mean for little kids when they watch it like yeah you know what I mean so um I would say that if you are a diehard fan if you grew up on this show yeah you know what I mean you'll have no problem fitting back into this world because of how clear cut and how straightforward this show is it doesn't have to remind you oh well back in this thing or back in season two whatever it is Oh, this is really should be to you. No, know, by by now you know who these characters are. You know you should you know who the relationship sorry. You know the relationships, you know the um you know who Mr. Krabs is, you know what a Krabby Party is, you know these things by now, right? Even if you haven't seen the show in ages, right? And the show itself not gonna try to remind you of something that happened like what in season ten or whatever or wherever where, where people stop watching, right? It just takes you in, it tells you where it is, to tell you, it gives you the humor that you expect from it, and it gives you a decent enough story that holds up for like what? Um ninety one minutes actually. It it doesn't yeah. run that long. Um I really dug the the cameos that appear this that are even gonna spoil anything beyond Keanu Reeves. Um but speaking of Keanu, I thought that <laughs> yeah, when he was on screen it was funny, but then it's just him being him, and that's part of the joke, right? It's Keanu but he is in this weird siege thing with this glow behind him, and that's a joke. Some noticeable voice actors show up as well. Not going to spoil anything beyond that. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I in terms of what they were going for, in terms of just this entertaining story, you know what I mean, just all these crazy hijinks, and, you know what I mean, just one quip after the next, I thought it would. But once again, I'm not no big SpongeBob news. I can't come and say, well, you know, well, this is a watered down version of how you know the, the you know the show that I grew up on and I loved. You know what I mean? Like I I don't know. Maybe if if you're that type, you probably wouldn't enjoy it that much. But because right, of how right. it sticks to its material, because you know the material, 
uh, so well, even though you might never watch a show for um for ages, it works, right? Um, the animation is solid. The sort of CG thing that they you they utilize and now it works. It's it's out. I wouldn't like it, it took a while for it to get into because I think they use it in the second film, but because we haven't seen the second film, yeah, I don't really have any context. But here it, it works, right? They even do a little fake out slight spoiler, right? Where it kind of makes it feel like you're watching uh, something like a Finding Nemo or Dory because they use it like legit, you know, CG animation uh, and then they just go to the sort of style that they have here with the show. It's a nice little beat and switch that they did there. I thought that was really cool. Voice acting is great throughout. Couple of voices sound a little older because I mean, once again, I mean, it's, it's actors doing this thing for years, right? So yeah, even Tom Kenny doesn't sound the way how he sounded back like in the two thousands, right? But still, right. it's SpongeBob's true and true, right? Um, everybody that you know and love, they show up as well. Um, and I forgot to mention to the music. Well, I'll just close with this, right? Uh, Hans Zimmer work on this shit. Yeah. I'm like what? You mean? Well, Hans Zimmer and this guy Steve Mazzara. I'm not I've actually never heard of this guy before, but yeah, I thought that the music that they did for this was serviceable. It was it was actually really great. It fit the film perfectly. But what last thing I want to say before I get to read it. Um, in terms of modernizing the the, the the franchise, they did something pretty interesting that uh, I I did not see coming at all. So. <laughs> They actually had a couple of songs that closed the film, right? And one of which I think is called The Krabby Step, right? It's called The Krabby Step, right? The video, the lyric video for it is out right now. It features Tiger and Sweely. I forgot the other guy, um, little Bossy, whatever his name is. But yeah, it's Tiger and Sweely in this. And um, one lie, that shit kind of slapped though. Okay. <laughs> it it, it kind of slapped. You know what I mean? Basically, it's like a trap. It's like they just take bits and elements of the song, sorry, of the music. Well, particularly the team song of SpongeBob. And right. just put it on this wall. It's this feel good trap beat. And it work. They even have this reggaeton song um, <laughs> near the end of the movie, too. And yeah, they, they do incorporate like uh, references to the show as well. And I was like, what? Okay, this, this actually work. <laughs> Like it's it's very silly, it's very childish, but it fits the will of SpongeBob. That that's what it is. So as a whole, I mean, this is not a masterpiece, right? This is not the best, greatest animated film ever made, right? By now, this will has already been established. So you don't go into a SpongeBob movie expecting anything but SpongeBob and his shenanigans, right? If you're going expecting anything else, if you're going expecting some Pixar-level shit, you're not going to get it. The only closest thing you get to Pixar, like I say, is just the intro. But other than that, it's the world that you know, it's the humor that you know, it's the characters that you, you love or hate or you're in between with. It's the weird, dumb humor that's goofy and best enjoy when you're high, but it still fits. And, you know what I mean, if you grew up on the franchise and you have kids, y'all could just sit down and pop some corn and watch this. I mean, it's on Netflix, right? So you could have a blast with this. Um, if you generally do not care about this franchise at all, yes, skip this movie. This is not going to do anything for you at all. If you just marginally... Um, familiar with it, but it just don't lock it in as much as it should. Like, you wouldn't sit through 20 minutes of one episode, then yeah, this wouldn't work for you. But for everybody else, yeah, this is an absolute must see, man. It's on Netflix, so you have no excuse. So, rated wise, I'm gonna give this uh, 
strong three and a half out of five, man. I, I think this is really absolutely worth checking out, man. It, it shows that there is still life in this world of SpongeBob, which which really surprised me because by now I think this franchise should just be, you know, in the water, right? Dead in the water. Ba-doops, right? Perfect example. Uh, Pokemon. I think that franchise should be dead <laughs> by now, yeah. but it, it, it's still it's still uh, there. Like, no, well, then Pokemon. Well, the anime could probably end with Ash Arc. The problem is that they need new characters, but Ash, I find Pokemon as a franchise to keep going on because the last game was good. You know what? No, I, I, I'm talking about the games now. I'm talking about the anime. Oh, the the anime the should anime, stop yeah, here. Yeah. Right, the anime right. should stop, right? Yeah, Pokemon could go on forever if it wants to, but the anime do had to had to stop, man. But anyway. So yeah, this is exactly what it is, Jed. You know what I mean? It's and you know, props to you know just the creative team behind this franchise, just being able to to pull off this stuff and still, still, still have a lot, you know, more stories to tell in this world, right? Um, who knows? This might be you know the equivalent to the, the Simpsons, God forbid, right? But you know, for what's worth. Yeah, I mean, the SpongeBob franchise still has life. This movie is evidence of that. So, yeah, if you're a fan, definitely check out SpongeBob the Run. If you're not a fan at all, if you really don't care about anything SpongeBob, yeah, skip this. But I had fun with this, right? And for me, who haven't who who haven't really watched an episode or a movie of this in ages, and me still enjoying this show as much as I did. Yeah, I mean that that that's that's amusing to me. So yeah, by all means, if you're a fan, yeah, definitely check out the SpongeBob yeah. movie, sure. Sponge yeah. on the Run. All right. Okay. So with all that being said, with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? Uh Passat R M E D D Y. That is at Armedi on Twitter, and then type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You find me there. On Twitter, you could find me at Bear Beat Bailey. On Instagram, you could find me at Bears Beats and Bailey. On Facebook, just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, along with the Legally Black blog, official fan base. We've had a link to this podcast, as well as the ones that we've done over the past five seasons, including retrospect reviews. And uh, stuff to, well, I guess to look forward to um, this month, uh, we're supposed to be getting the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Yes, that looks pretty good. I want to see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so this is just an idea. This is not going to be official. But I, I, at the same time, I don't want to put you through any torture. <clears throat> I don't want to put anybody through any torture, especially myself. I want to know if I should watch the original Star Wars holiday special. It is pretty bad. But, uh, Dude, I, I, like I see... pray to watch it. You yeah, know, I, I would not like. <laughs> I've seen clips of it, it's especially bad. like the, the musical number <laughs> with, um, with Princess Leia. And, and it, it's scary. It's yeah, scary, like in a, in a late seventies horror I'll, 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 I'll probably, I'll probably give it a rewatch just to, um, just to see what you know the catchy jokes of this. So like, okay, All right, what is yeah. it? Or some, some, something they'll put in a shot or in a background or something like that. Uh, okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I really would love to see what this Lego. Well, I'm no, well, yeah, well, I would love to see if the Lego version does if they make a reference. Sorry to the old one. I'd, I'd really be curious to see if they do that. Um, also, we're supposed to get in a, a horror film, sort of a horror comedy thing, um, for Friday the 13th, which is, well, this Friday coming, called Freaky. So essentially, yeah. it's Freaky Friday, but it's Friday the 13th, kind of mixed together. Vince Vaughn is in it. Yeah. It, it looks dumb, but at the same time, if it's dumb fun, I might like it. Who knows? Um, and this last thing, last before we, we part ways, 
Uh, just to touch on politics for a bit and you know what's going on with uh, the pandemic in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, cinemas are allowing, well, food and drink inside. Well, from the outside? No, no, well, okay, so two weeks ago, our, oh, our, I our private, I yeah. No, I remember right. they say that you can go, but you can't, you can't buy, you can't order food. And then the, the cinemas say they didn't want to do that because like that is a moneymaker. Exactly, so, right. So, what now, going on well, well, the announcement yesterday, right, was that yeah, food and drink is uh, allowed, sorry, in the okay. cinema itself. It's okay. just, and he had to stress it, uh, when you're not eating, put back on your mask. It's like, uh, it's, oh, oh, okay, fine. But why, why I bring this up is that uh, when I saw um, Caribbean Cinemas on Facebook put up a, a announcement saying that they're going to reopen this Wednesday. Wow. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Hey, Graham. I have generally Bro. avoided I have generally avoided North Trinidad, you know, in its entirety. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, so okay. I, I don't know if Movie Town and I'm actually going to do the same as the point again at, but um, yeah. maybe, maybe I might be, maybe I might be in a cinema this Saturday coming. Maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, I still, I find until, as I said, until next year, March, when things are going to hopefully sort out. I need to get it up, get out of that road. That's still hot, though. So, I, I know, right? Uh, yeah, as far as I can see the yeah, as far as I can see, the only show I need to see, because look, it's it, the year almost done, right? Let's be real. The only yeah. show I really want to really want to see theatrically is Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, okay, that's yeah, if we get to the it. Christmas Day at all, which I, I uh, yeah, I, we, I don't. Uh, um, Soul is already coming out on Disney Plus, so right? Right. See who I watch that, but at the same time, Wonder Woman. Do. <laughs> so, well, I don't. I mean, we go see. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, we will see, we will see, we'll see. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So what's good guys? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you this. This was Match Medium. And we're signing off for another episode of Bear Speed Some Bailey. So until the next one, take care, stay safe in and out. Peace.